This episode of All Have Another is brought to you by Ann Better from MHS. Ann Better from MHS is more than just a health insurance company. They want to help you and your family stay healthy and active, and that's their top priority. They care about you as members, but also as people. They take part in a community health initiative throughout Indiana, and one of these is the annual Drumstick Dash. The Drumstick Dash is the second largest running event in Indiana, and it kicks off on Thanksgiving Day, November 24th at 9 a.m. in Broderpool in front of Broderpool High School. What better chance is there to take a run that's going to support homeless men, women, and children throughout the Indianapolis community? That's what the Drumstick Dash does, and that's why MHS is such a strong supporter of the race. My family and I run this race every single year. We take the boys out in the stroller, and it is so much fun. If you live in the Indianapolis area or anywhere close, it's definitely worth a drive. Just go to drumstickdash.org to find out more information and to register. And also, head over to mhsindiana.com to find out more information about what they're doing. Thank you so much for sponsoring this podcast, and thank you for supporting the Drumstick Dash. Hi, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so happy that you're joining me today. This is a podcast where I bring on motivating and inspiring women, and today you are listening to episode 33. We are talking with Shalane Flanagan and Elise Kopecki. These ladies are the authors behind the book Run Fast, Eat Slow, which is now a New York Times bestseller. Shalane is an Olympic medalist, a four-time Olympian, an American record holder, and a world-class marathoner. She finished second place in the 2010 New York City Marathon and ran the fastest time ever by an American woman at the 2014 Boston Marathon. Elaine is sponsored by Nike and she's ran for them since she graduated college at North Carolina in 2004. She runs with the Bowerman Track Club and she's been featured on the cover of Runner's World, Women's Running, Running Times, Competitor Magazine, and Track and Field News. The list goes on and in this episode she speaks about the importance of nutrition in her diet and also we get into a little bit of information about some of these important races that she's had over her career. Lise is a chef, a food writer, a nutrition educator, a runner, and a mother. Elise worked in digital marketing for Nike for several years. Her career took her abroad and she started getting really involved in cooking and interested in how people were eating in other parts of the world. So she went ahead and moved to New York City to study at the Natural Gourmet Institute of Health and Culinary Arts. And after several years, the two of them reconnected. They had a meal together and this book was basically born. So I can't wait to share this conversation with you guys. Okay, so before we get our conversation going, I want to thank PrepDish for sponsoring this episode. PrepDish is a healthy subscription-based meal planning service. The chef over at PrepDish, Allison, she sends you a list of grease that you can go pick up in order, very organized, and you prep all your meals for the week on Sundays. And then when you get home from work, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, your meals are in the fridge ready to go. And I recently heard from Molly Turner, hi Molly, and she said she has recently tried out their service and she's loving it. They had the gumbo last week and they really enjoyed it. So, and thank you Molly for sharing that and thanks for trying them out. You guys can also get a free two week trial if you go to prepdish.com slash another. Use promo code another all caps to get your free two week trial. Okay, thank you so much Prepdish and let's go ahead and start our conversation with Shalane and Elise. 
Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. We're just uh, hoping that you're not using the video for anything because we're soaking wet. I'm not. And 90% of the time when I do these interviews, I just got back from a run or a workout. Um, but I just got back from getting my hair done. And I don't know if you can see, it's like pink. Oh, wow. And you're the first people I've seen. So I, I'm feeling like kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Thank like you. it. Thank you. Um, I'm about to have a baby in two weeks. So I was like, I want to do something fun and crazy with my hair so that I'm not just like boring mom <laughs> oh, yeah. my husband he's always like you're dressed like a mom today and I'm like I am a mom I'm gonna own it <laughs> that's my life so are you drinking a smoothie from your cookbook I, I wish we're in Chicago so we don't have we're in, a, we're in our hotel room so that's what I was gonna ask you are you guys out touring just, for the book yeah we just um are here in Chicago for Chicago Marathon and we just on our way back from our run we saw like a little juice smoothie place mmm is it nice there, other than the rain? No, it's like pouring rain. Well, yeah, it's like kind of warm and humid, mm. but um, but it was pouring when we ran. I think we ran during like the worst time, but it's okay. I'm, I'm a fair weather runner. If if I wasn't traveling with Shalane, I would not have run today. <laughs> I she, love running in the rain. I mean, as long as it's not like yeah. cold. If it's not like 40. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't bad. Out. If you're dressed for it, I just didn't have a hat. So I was like, Ugh, my, <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever be able to brush my hair. <laughs> That's a lot of hair. Yeah. Are you guys, so are you doing like book signings there while you're there? Mm -hmm. Are you at the expo? Yes. Uh, tomorrow we will be. Yeah. And then will you stay for the race? No. We can't stay. No. But we will um, have an event tonight where okay. we're going to talk a big event tonight and then, and then the expo tomorrow. Like at a coffee shop or something? Yeah. So I feel like I know you guys way more than I do because when I was like researching for this interview, I listened to you on several other podcasts. So I've heard your story. Cool. So you guys went to um, North Carolina, Chapel Hill together. And yes. that's how you met, right? Yep. And you ran cross country and track. Yeah, we were college roommates and teammates. So I was gonna. I was thinking maybe I'll ask them if they have any crazy stories from college, but I feel like if you were super track athletes, you weren't doing anything too crazy. Yeah, we have a few crazy stories. <laughs> we do. <laughs> are we are we recording yet? We are. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know we. Had, I didn't know we had started. Well, I always like I always hit record right from the start in case there's like fun chit chat at the beginning that I capture. And honestly, the podcast runs as just like a back and forth kind of conversation. I'm interviewing you, but it's kind of like a fun. Like my vision is people are out for a run. And they're listening to a conversation between their friends, you know? Like, they're eavesdropping. Yeah. Very cool. cool. Well, we just had good conversation on our run uh, <laughs> that, we, that we won't share. <laughs> How far did you run? Uh, I don't know. We ran around, like, 60 minutes. Okay. So. Yeah. And this, so, is that just, like, easy running throughout the city? Yeah. We just went down to the lake shore path and just, I don't know, went out 30 minutes and came back and then picked up some food and snacks and now we're in our cozy sweats <laughs> after having run in the rain and um then we'll probably go look at um do some shopping because <laughs> there's a bunch of stores down here go scope out maybe think of some uh halloween outfits for lily and Aww. do all that stuff. yeah we're gonna go get, <laughs> get some cute dresses for my two-year-old who all of a sudden is into dresses which i never expected at the age of two that she would 
be demanding in the morning to put on a dress. Like a tutu or something. I'm a boy mom, so I cannot even relate to that at all. I have no idea what that's like. Yeah, I was. I thought I was raising a tomboy, but apparently somehow she got this idea of dresses. <laughs> it's funny because you have this vision of what your kid's going to be like, and then they just have their own little personality and do everything oh. they want to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you have two. You're going to have your third. Uh, yeah, my third boy. So I'm total oh. boy mom. <laughs> wow, that would be crazy. I'm not sure I would know what to do with a little girl. <laughs> yes. So when you guys were out on your easy run, what do you run like? What are you running, like, seven-minute miles just for your easy run? No, 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 no. Elise was like, how fast do you think we were running? Um, I guess we were running around, like, eight-minute pace. Okay. Miles, probably. But that's super conversational. That's because I was with Shalane. I'm sure if I wasn't with her, she would have gone a seven-minute pace for her easy run. When I was with my training partners, we'd probably run right around, right around seven-minute pace. Sometimes, like, we'll get faster towards the end. That's just where your comfortable zone is. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, Elise, do you still run, like, frequently? Um, yeah, I, I do. Um, I don't keep a schedule at all with running. I run just for fun. Okay. I run, when, I run when the sun is shining and the trails are beckoning me or when I have a friend to run with. Like, I, I really don't like to stress about, like, counting miles mm-hmm. or any of that. But I've really gotten um, the running bug big time since moving to Bend, Oregon, because it's, like, trail running mecca. Mm-hmm. Do you ever get, like, a competitive itch back in you? Yeah, sometimes, but I channel it into other avenues. So I got – we've been, like, super – we were really, like, competitive with watching our book sales, and we had this, like, goal of making the New York Times bestseller list, which we were told was, like, impossible, and, and then we did it. So I channel my competitive drive into my work, and with running, I try to just do it for fun. But it is sometimes – I'm. I signed up to run the Hood River half marathon and it's hard to just like realize how much slower you are and go out there and not care about your time when you are used to like paying attention to the clock. Well, and you think, well, if I really trained super hard, I could run this time. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And, and I didn't run through pregnancy or through nursing. So, um, it took me a while to get back into it. Now, was that a decision you just made, or was that like your doctor said no running for you? Or No, it was just um, because I had really bad morning sickness the first trimester, and then I tried to get back into running the second trimester, and it just didn't feel natural to me. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what, It's I, I was still active. I was still outside every day and walking, but the running just did not feel natural to me, so it was my own like decision. And mm-hmm. then nursing... I was writing the book and nursing, and I just felt um, my metabolism was so high that I couldn't possibly, like, keep throw running into the mix, too. Oh, gosh, yeah. I remember when I was nursing my first, it was, like, cereal in the middle of the night, like, just hungry 24-7. Yeah. Um, And it's so hard in the first trimester when you're so tired and you kind of give it up a little bit. And then your second trimester, you feel good, like you can run. But you're you haven't been doing it for ten weeks, so it's it's right. such a hard balance. Um, I think when I would run more, yeah, especially if I don't have the morning sickness as bad. Yeah, the morning sickness is awful. Um, I always say the sweet spots like week sixteen through like twenty eight or something like that. For sure, <laughs> when you're feeling good. Well, congratulations, you guys, on the New York Times bestseller list. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. So, What's How that? did you find out that you made the list? That was the second week our book was out. So the first week, 
we thought like we had, you know, Lisa and I were like waiting to get some good news and we didn't make it. And we we're like, oh man, it must've been so, it's really is really hard, yeah. you know? And like, gosh, what can we do? And then finally it was just the second week we did make it. And then it's one of those things when you achieve your goals, you're like, oh, well maybe it's, I guess it's not that hard then, you know, <laughs> we made it. But, um, our team, our support team has explained that it's actually really hard, hard to make the New York Times bestseller list. So, um, be something we should definitely like be really proud of um it is pretty cool but yeah it, it was not until the second week the first week um we didn't make it but then after that we did so how does that work is your publisher like giving you numbers and like you know what I mean like sales numbers and stuff oh not very often but yeah we would like more feedback we're all about feedback <laughs> well it's interesting because I have a friend who wrote a book, a sm much smaller book, and uh, she was kind of giving me the down low on what all that looks like and the royalties and all the whole gamut of things, and it's just crazy. Mm -hmm. So do you guys, are you having people purchase this on the Kindle? Because I, I saw that there was a Kindle sale, but I want to like look at it and read it, you know? I love the Kindle edition. I purchased it myself to have the recipes on my phone when I'm in the grocery store. Oh, yeah. so smart. So it's really actually, it's convenient because um, you can search by recipe. So if you're in the, in the grocery store and you're like, oh, shoot, I really wanted to make the run fast, eat slow meatballs, but I don't have the recipe, then you can just access it from your phone. Yeah, that or you're really like funny. at the farmer's market and you see like awesome kale and then you can just like in it, the search for like kale recipes almost. And it's like, it's so easy. I so have it too. You downloaded on your Kindle, then had how is it on your phone? I downloaded the uh, the iPhone version. Okay, okay. You can, yeah. Well, you can either put the Kindle app on your iPhone, or you can download through the iTunes Store. Okay. The Apple has the iBooks version for Apple, okay. which is easier. Both actually, I did both because I was kind of testing it out. So I tried one of the recipes, and I wanted to try more before we chatted, but I didn't get a chance to. Um, a little secret about me is I don't really cook. My husband does all the cooking. Um, and whenever I cook, I want to try something new and different. So that's why this cookbook is perfect for me, because I've never tried any of these. And I'm going to say this wrong. So you're probably going to have to correct me. The kale radici? How do you say that word? Radicio? Radicio. Radicio. Okay. This, oh, I thought it was radicio. Some people say it. I've like corrected that. it. See, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. I went to the store and I got everything I needed. Um, and I made the dressing, the lemon miso dressing, which is really good. Mm -hmm. And I forgot to buy the farro. Am I saying that right? Farro. Yeah. Farro. But my sister says farro. <laughs> yeah, either one. It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. So I quickly, and I like had my kids with me. I was not about to go back to the store. And so I Googled a good substitute, and I think it was um, pearl, is it barley? Yeah. Any, you could substitute any Like any, any grain. grain. Yeah. Substitute flour, rice. At the time, though, I was like this, I felt I felt like such an idiot because I was like, well, what is farro? Is it a grain? Like, I didn't even know. Um, so anyway, it was really good, and it was actually better the second day. Well, yes, well, that's what I love about that salad is it, the leftovers are amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, because, I, you know, kale has kind of like a bitter taste. And mm -hmm. so I thought probably because the dressing marinated a little bit better. Or mm -hmm. was it was marinating the dressing. Yeah. So the next day it was a lot better. So I ate it the next day. My husband ate it the next day. And next up I want to do the, the beet hummus. Oh, mm. kids go crazy for that. 
And my kids love hummus, so. They'll, they'll love it. Yeah. My 18-year-old thinks that all hummus is supposed to be pink. <laughs> so there's a question I wanted to ask you. I'm kind of bouncing around, um, but since you're talking about your two-year-old, what's your advice for moms with picky eaters that are little kids? <laughs> yeah, so parents tend to revert to kid food, and ki most kid food is pretty, like, bland in terms of flavor, and kids kids love flavor, like using cooking with good fats. Like if you're going to give a kid broccoli, put some butter on it and good high quality sea salt on it. Don't be afraid to put uh, good seasoning on there. And starting, starting kids from a younger age definitely helps. My two-year-old is an amazing eater, but she's been exposed to so much from such a young age. So she loves sardines and she loves kimchi. And I was just telling Shalane right before we went for a run, mm -hmm. we have these little ginger chews that we like that are really spicy. And she saw me eating one the other day, so she wanted one. And I told her, it's really spicy. And she still wanted it. And I was like, oh, good. She's not going to like it because it's, it's sweet. And I didn't want her to like it. But then she <laughs> loved it, of course. Mm -hmm. um, so just don't be shy to cook with good fats for kids. Kids need a lot of fat in their diet, and fat also makes food taste better. So put butter, put olive oil, let them be involved in the kitchen. She loves, like, it, Lily wouldn't eat kale from the store, but when we went into the garden and picked the kale ourselves, she was so excited to eat it, and the tomatoes from the garden, and getting to pick them, and then being in the kitchen and helping me make muffins, or helping me um, be involved with stirring to make dinner, like, she's... She just knows uh, what's gone into it, and she's more likely to want to try it. It's crazy because I, with my kids at least, at least the bigger one, as soon as he hears a package, like the crinkling of a package, it's more exciting. Do you know oh, what I mean? it's so true. I'm like... You know, kids, it, the food companies are brilliant in making the packages really crinkly and shiny. And even my daughter, who's had very little processed foods, the second... Should we go into a grocery store and she sees we're in the checkout lane and she sees these like candy. She doesn't even know what it is, but she's attracted to it and wants to grab it. And one time we were at the register and they had a bowl of like chocolates. They have all this candy at the register and she just grabbed one out of the bowl. Like as we were about to leave and I was like, no, wait, put that back. We didn't pay for that. <laughs> the, um, yeah. The, and the chip bags. Yes. It's, it's frustrating for sure. It's like the second they hear, and it's, and then I feel like the more kids I have, I keep piling them on. It's like, the, it's easy, okay? I try really hard, though, to, to not always resort to that, but it is easy. Um, and that's why I want to try, like, the, the giddy-up bars, it, all the bars, the bars that you have in there, because I think that it'll be a quick, easy snack, and he'll think of it as, like, a dessert. Yeah. Right, yeah. My, right. Um, my daughter loves the superhero muffins. That's another yes. Yeah. So do you guys want to, can you kind of explain to everybody what the principles of the book are, why you both decided to get involved in it and all that good stuff? Yeah. So it, I guess the background is that um, Elise and I were in college together and running at Carolina and roommates and teammates. And um, Elise suffered from a lot of injuries in college and um, suffered from athletic amenorrhea. And we both at the time um, ate really like low fat diets mm the time and um I didn't suffer from as many injuries as Elise did but um I think that that that's kind of like where the backgrounds did started that's the kind of the um the seed that was planted um and then you know Elise went on to work for Nike and then I went on to be a Nike athlete and 
um, then Elise actually from Portland. We were both out in Portland while I was running, and she was working on campus. And then she got the opportunity to work abroad for Nike. And while she was living in Switzerland, she realized that her diet kind of was forced to change into more natural diet and just more whole foods and all the good healthy fats and the yogurts over there and um, the eggs and the butter. And um, once her diet kind of changed, kind of forced um, non-American diet, um, she ceased to um, suffer from athletic amenorrhea, which was kind of a big change for her um, since she was told from a young age that she may have trouble getting pregnant. And um, so this kind of spurred the inspiration for her to go to culinary school in New York City, the National Gourmet Institute. And after she had finished um, studying there, we both kind of reunited in Portland. She was moving back um, from Switzerland and from, you know, studying in New York. And over a meal um, at my table in my house, um, we were discussing what she learned and how uh, kind of all these just mis misleading diets and just packaged foods were pushed at the general public, but also specifically runners. And so she was saying, you know, like, I feel like she was trying to teach me in a way that night what she learned and how it could help me. And um, I said, like, at least this is kind of groundbreaking material. Like, I'm kind of mind blown what you're telling me right now. And I'm like, we were talking about how we need to share this with people, this information. And um, that's kind of the idea of where the book was born is that um, that night over just having a nice home cooked meal. And so what um, year was that? And that was like three years ago. Okay. And it, it literally took us a year to kind of uh, build up the courage to, you know, proceed with that. It's kind of overwhelming and daunting to mm -hmm. think, well, like, do we really have what it takes to write a book? Um, but I think the, what the significant change was when Lily was born and Elise had Lily and I think it was a result of the fact that her diet had changed and what she learned was really influencing her ability to get pregnant and at that point too you know I wanted to make my fourth Olympic team and I felt kind of a burden with my diet and my regimen and felt like I was constantly hungry once I switched to the marathon and I felt like I needed some more resources on what I needed to eat to fuel properly and recover and basically from that point on um, we kind of started to gather ideas and started to build the book proposal. And thankfully, you know, we got signed uh, with Rodale and from then on. So it started three years ago, but then it took about like two years okay. to work on it. I know it takes forever to write a book. It's, it's a daunting task to take on. It's like stressful to even think about what, so what were you eating? So, okay. When did you change your diet? As far as you, you ran your first marathon in 2000 in New York, right? 2010, yeah. Okay, 2010. What were you eating then compared to what you're eating now in your marathon training? Um, so back then, um, I was definitely was ruled by the culture of the low fat. Mm. So I thought you should be eating everything low fat. And I didn't realize low fat meant it was stripping a lot of nutrition and it was just adding a bunch of sugar in. And so I probably had a higher sugar diet and less quality like nutrients, um, which I think just let me left me feeling not full. I felt like I was always snacking and just constantly hungry and not very satiated. Um, and now I include the healthy fats that Lisa taught me about with the coconut oil, the olive oil, the butter, um, the darker meats that I can eat to kind of just feel more satiated and 
So, and just in general, she improved my cooking skills, which always helps. So totally. <laughs> learning how to just have some basic skills in the kitchen has really enhanced my ability to get creative and to really create nourishing meals for myself and my family. Um, so, so if yeah. you're traveling, if you're, you have a marathon, say you're running a marathon tomorrow, you wake up in your hotel room, what are you going to wake up and eat? Um, well, I always say if you can plan ahead, that's always the best. It's not the easiest, but at least you should see. At least like past, it's great traveling together because she, oh, yeah. her, we have a bunch of snacks all over. <laughs> um, because, you know, it's great to, if you can just cook some, some, you know, we have granola. Mm -hmm. Um, we've got like little bars, we've got things that are from our cookbook that we genuinely bring it with us when we're on the road. So it's always nice to have a few snacks that you can trust that are from your own kitchen, but that's not realistic all the time. So we always like, I like to look online of what's nearby my hotel, Mm -hmm. if there's a Whole Foods or if there's some, you know, we just went to a cute little place that had salads and, and fresh juices and rice bowls and stuff like that. So planning ahead is always key, but you know, in terms of what I would eat before a marathon, it's typically just what I would eat in my training, just enhance it with a few more carbohydrates. Mm. Uh, so. so here's a question about the book. Um, and you guys have a lot of vegetarian options in there. I am a vegetarian. And so you know the question vegetarians get all the time is, um, are you getting enough protein? <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah. maybe this is more an Elise question. What What's a great protein option for a vegetarian other than like quinoa, you know? Right. So the thing with being a vegetarian is you have to eat foods in the right combinations to get a complete protein. So there's, there's people just really stress about protein, but there's lots of protein in almonds and grains and beans and um, sweet potatoes even have protein. Um, but the absolute best, like I guess two best sources, if you're vegetarian and not, and not vegan, the best source is eggs because mm. you're going to get a really easily absorbable, digestible, complete protein, but then also eating beans in combination with grains. So Mm. beans on their own are not a complete protein. They don't have all nine amino acids, but when you eat it with rice or with another grain, you're going to get that. And that's why if you look at traditional foods and how um, cultures traditionally eat things, there's a reason behind it. So that's why um, in South America, they eat rice and beans together or wherever um, there's always reasons behind. So we like to look at um, how foods were traditionally prepared and how they're meant to be uh, eaten together like like that. But we also have a lot of substitutions in our book. Uh, Shalane and I both um, love meat, but we always say you don't have to eat a lot of meat to get the benefits from it. So instead, really seek out quality meat versus quantity. I may not eat meat every single day, but when I do, I buy it from a local farmer where I know they're raising the animals with care the, the meat is grass-fed, so it's a lot more nutrient-dense, so I'm getting all the good B vitamins, energizing B vitamins, and really high-quality fats. Uh, I eat, when I buy chicken, I buy the whole chicken, and I use every single part of it. So I, I'm, I know the chicken is coming from a good farm and was taken care of, and that also I'm not wasting any of it. Um, and because it's organic and grass-fed and local, I'm not afraid to eat the skin of the chicken and to use the bones, and um, so that's a better way of eating meat. Yeah, I think that's one of my big things. If I ever wasn't a vegetarian again, it like I have to go local like that because if you just think about the big food industry, it just it's gross. Right. And you know? I was just at a farm this weekend with my two year old. We were looking at pumpkins and this amazing farm, like we got to we got to feed the cows and we got to 
eat the chickens and the pig and then afterwards they have like a farm store and we got to like pick out all the meat that was like freshly packed and I I keep a chest freezer like a deep freezer so I can do like a cow share or get bison from the local farmer and stock it and have it um so I don't buy my meat from the grocery store I buy it direct from the farm that is exactly what I would do. And we had neighbors that were giving us eggs, like bootleg eggs from their oh. backyard. And we, we since they've like slowed down their egg flow, so I, I have to go buy them at Target now, but or wherever I go. But I still buy like the organic free range. The thing is, and I've said this a million times, even if you buy eggs, uh, organic free range at the grocery store, they still look really uniform. Yes. And I'm like. Okay, my bootleg neighbor eggs do not look like that. Oh, so yeah. Why does yeah. it look so perfect? Yeah, organic has, they've figured out ways to do organic farming in mass production. So yeah. I get my eggs at the farmer's market as often as I can. It's not always possible. It's, I We go through a lot of eggs. So sometimes I'm just choosing the better option at the store. And it, it's not something we want people to stress about. Like it's better to choose the organic, if that's the only choice you right. have. And organic eggs are better than than nothing at all, especially if that's your main protein source as a vegetarian. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and it's interesting too because my kids, um, I don't, I don't push that they be vegetarian, but we just don't buy meat at our house, so I make sure to feed them lots of eggs. So, Shalane, if you finish a hard workout, and you know everybody says like, get some protein and fat in you, like within 20, 30 minutes of your hard workout, what are you eating? Well, it just depends. Sometimes after a really long, hard run, the last thing I want to do is sit down and eat like a lot of food. Actually, it takes me a while to just, I'm more thirsty than anything. So my kind of my go-to is our can't beat me smoothie. Mm. Uh, I'll have that sometimes before workouts and, you know, I'll make like a really big batch of it. So I'll have like one before and then one right after. So that allows me to get in some of the good healthy fats because it has almond butter and you've got some veggies and fruits in there. And then you have coconut water, which rehydrates and some ginger, which is like an anti-inflammatory and aged digestion. So, um, I'm more prone to grab like a really hearty smoothie, but then after a while I'll get ready to like eat a real meal. Um, and sometimes, you know, after hard sessions, I'm not, I don't have a ton of energy. I kind of just want to eat and then shower and get a nap in or something like that. So I actually do eat quite a bit of eggs cause that's pretty easy. They'll scramble up or mm-hmm. we have these make ahead breakfast burritos that I'll do sometimes and I'll make that, um, almost as like a lunch though and have maybe two or three of them. <laughs> um, so. Uh, you know, eggs are a great source Yeah, uh, after workouts because it does have that protein and fat that's good. So when you're not training for, when you're not like in season, like obviously you just competed in Rio, what, what are you, what are you doing every day? You know, like right now you're doing the book tour, but how many miles a week are you running? What does your life look like? Yeah, I have no idea how much <laughs> I'm right now. It's great. I don't like, in this time of, se- like of the season, it's, run so that you enjoy food you're not like I'm not just super lazy mm-hmm. I'm just running as much like today at least like how far are you gonna run I go I don't know I was like I think an hour and we ran an hour and I for a little bit I was like oh maybe I'll go a little bit further but then I was like no nah, I just feel like going back and getting some food and um so it's kind of fun this time of the year because it's not structured so it's really just intuitive and what I feel like doing and sometimes some days I'm more inspired to go further if I feel good or it's nice out and some days I'm like you know I'm tired I'm just gonna rest so um until actually next week is when I'll start having more structure we'll have like our first workout back so since 
August 14th, I have had no structure, okay. which has been nice and refreshing mentally, I think, too, just not to have that kind of um, grind. But I'm actually craving it and looking forward to getting back with my teammates and kind of working hard and getting the body kind of refocused again. So when do you yeah, start? Not really busy. So that's yeah. been fun. Yeah. When, when are you starting again? Next week. Okay. This book tour, but I will not be running with <laughs> After the book tour? Not, not run with her at the next event because once she's back in training mode, I, I'm not heading out the door with her. You're not doing se- seven minute conversation pace miles for 60 minutes. For, for two hours now. So I had the opportunity to interview one of your teammates, actually, Emily Enfeld. Um, yeah. Before the trial, no, after the trials, before the Olympics. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that was really fun. We must have been in like Park City then. I literally sent her an Instagram message and I was like, so wondering if you would come interview on my podcast and she was so fun but I asked her about training with you guys and she spoke so highly of you and said that you were like a big sister to her and it was really sweet oh awesome yeah I'm kind of like the old lady of the group (laughs) yeah mom I'm bossy and you know nurturing but bossy (laughs) but it seems like you guys have a really tight-knit fun team we do. We were so lucky. It was originally, I was the first female in our group, so it was me with a bunch of dudes just <laughs> hanging out, and just so happy that I have some women now, and it's it's really, it's been so fun. It was just Emily and I for a while, and then we just had a huge addition this last year, and um, out of the eight women, seven of, of us went to the Olympics, so it was pretty wow. exciting to have that much success. So then when did Amy start training with you? Um, Amy started training with me like this, well, almost about a year ago, year ago. Okay. So I was, uh, I do part-time work at like a specialty run store and, um, we had a Olympic trials viewing party at the store. So we watched the race and it was like, as a spectator, it was like emotional almost to see you and Amy run that race together. And then the end of the race when you obviously weren't feeling very well and she was staying with you. Can you, like, talk about that experience at all? Gosh. Um, <laughs> it probably seems like yeah. years ago at this point, right? Well, no, yeah, it's just, yeah, it was, I mean, the Olympic trials is, I think for a lot of the U.S. athletes, is really stressful, to be honest. Um, it's, it's especially, like, for me, like, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you should make the team. And whenever someone says, like, you should make the team, and you feel like you should, um, it, it's actually more stressful. It's just, because mm-hmm. um, it's, it's just one step to your major goal, which is to compete well at the Olympics. And, um, I went into the Olympic trials with my first major injury. And so it was a little bit of a, a stressful kind of buildup. Um, but having Amy there was just made, made the experience that more fun. I mean, I think it just made for just a better buildup, but also just the race itself. Um, we had so many highs and lows and so many experiences throughout that race and a culmination of a lot of hard work together. And, um, there's a bond that runners build, um, through running miles together. And so Amy and I had certainly developed a really strong bond. I think she had felt like, um, really appreciative that, um, she was able to join with my Nike team and the Bowerman team. And I think, uh, she just was just really grateful to be in that position to be training together. And, um, I was so happy to have her and 
it was just, it's emotional making an Olympic team in general. And, but to have kind of what happened, those are those kind of moments, like you never on the starting line think you're going to unfold this like crazy kind of story. That's like a storyline that evolved throughout the race. Totally. We went from being thinking we were just going to go one, two, and it was going to be this epic moment, this epic finish with the two of us, you know, potentially crossing the line virtually at the same time, yeah. you know, we literally talked about that. Like, I was like, this is going to be so amazing, Amy. Like, this is going to be just so cool to have the two of us, you know, just pull away like this. And then it went deteriorated so quickly and so humbling of an experience. And then to showcase our friendship in the way it was, um, you know, Amy's an unbelievable person and unbelievable friend. And um, I just think it, it showed it was very transformative in just the sense that it showed more than it's just more than a race, basically. And then you guys all three went top ten at the at, in Rio. Yeah. Uh huh. So when you finish, are you like? I mean, were you thinking that like, mate? Once you're done, are you thinking are the other two going to come in in the top ten, or you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, initially when I turned around, I was looking for Amy just because mm-hmm. we trained together. Yeah, so I'm very much invested in how Amy does. It's you know, you feel like a piece of you is out on the course, so you always want the best for that person. So. Um, yeah, I, I felt Amy fall off, but I didn't know how far back she was. But to turn around and see Desi coming down the straightaway, and then shortly thereafter was Amy. And so that was very powerful to have um, the American women just all come in so close together. And just to have your best race on that stage is what all you can ask for. And I think everyone was just so excited to have great races. Yeah, that was awesome. And it was so fun to watch, too. <laughs> Good. Before we continue, though, I want to thank Prep Dish for sponsoring this episode. You guys have heard me talk about Prep Dish time and time again if you're a regular listener of the show. I'm a big fan of what they do. They're a healthy, subscription-based meal planning service. Allison the Chef will have a grocery list for you ready to go. You can run to the store, get all your meals prepped for the week on Sunday. And then when you get home from work during the week, you can just pop your meals in the oven. It's super simple, stress-free way to do dinner during the week. You guys go to prepdish.com slash another, use promo code another, all caps, to get your free two-week trial. Between PrepDish and this Run Fast, Eat Slow cookbook, you guys are set for your meals for the entire month, year, whatever. All right, thank you so much, PrepDish, for sponsoring this episode. All right, let's continue our conversation. So I wanted to ask you guys a couple more questions about the book. What's your, if you, um... If you had to recommend one dinner recipe, what would it be? We get asked that all the time. We have oh, you do? From the book. It's funny. Like, I keep my I keep our book on my counter, and this is, like, my go-to a few nights a week. I'm cooking for my own cookbook, which most people say, like, by the end of writing a cookbook, you're so ty- tired of the recipes, you're never going to want to cook with them again. But that hasn't been true for me because these recipes work so well for my family, and everyone just loves them. But I would, I guess one recipe that is a go-to for both Shalane while she's training at high altitude and for me with my two-year-old is our high altitude bison meatballs Mm. they're amazing and they have kale in them and and they're gluten-free and made with almond flour instead of instead of breadcrumbs and they're really nourishing and iron um, they're really rich in iron for a vegetarian we have a great um uh like it's almost like a meat sauce but instead of the meat we use tempeh so it's Mm. like a tempeh bolognese recipe Um, and I love these sauces because you can pack in so many veggies 
and meat or tempeh, you can make it with that way. And then you can decide what you want to put it on top of. So we'll, I'll make like a big batch and the first night I'll have it on top of pasta, but then the next night we'll have the leftovers on top of a sweet potato or on top of rice, um, or it's even good, like straight up. And, uh, that's definitely a go-to when I'm short on time. I don't even bother like making them into meatballs. I'll just do all the veggies and brown the meat and make the sauce. Um, so it's more like a beef bolognese, and, but it's still got all the good flavors from the fennel and the oregano and, and such. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds really I, good. It's taught me to eat more seasonal. So, like, whatever's in season is kind of like how I'll cook from our cookbook. Um, you know, so figs were just in season. So we have a, a quiche that includes figs. It's delicious. And, um, you know, now that it's getting a little bit chillier out. Um, I've been craving a lot of our soup. So I just made our fart like chili the other day. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, whatever's, like, in season is, like, tends to be, like, my what I'm craving and yes. what, I, what I'm wanting. I always struggle with that because I know it's smart to eat in season. Well, financially too, because then that the food's cheaper. Um, but if I have in my head, I want some asparagus or whatever. I don't care what time of year it is. I'm going to buy some asparagus if it's available. You know. Yeah, but then it it tastes. The taste is just not there. Like not. I never will buy a tomato in the off season. Yeah, yeah it's like cardboard, and it doesn't have as much nutrition. Like when it's picked it's being shipped from halfway around the world. Um, they pick it really underripe. So it's really, it doesn't have flavor and it's not as nutrient dense. So. Yeah, I know. It's like almost pointless, but I don't know why I get my head set on this. <laughs> but yeah, we, um, we've been doing a lot more soups now too, cause it's cooler in bend and yeah. um, family's favorite is the broccoli chef soup. So you should try that. Ooh, one. I will for sure. I've been Super waiting easy. for fall weather because it's been like a million degrees out and I just want to make some soup so and we're finally almost there so I'm excited um I'm in Indiana it's like super oh, okay. hot humid summers do you guys live near each other yes well relatively yeah well, when we were writing the book we were both in Portland and then I just okay. relocated to Bend Oregon so it's a three-hour drive to Portland so I'm okay. still back I'm still in Portland often and we're Shalane came to Bend um for our for one of our book tour events and we're going to be meeting up in hood river in a couple of weeks, which is, um, in the mountains or just near Mount hood. When your book tour, when is your book tour over? Oh, never really over. <laughs> it will conclude this fall in New York at the okay. New York city marathon. So okay. we'll, we'll have, we have basically two more stops after this. We'll go to North Carolina and then we'll go to New York, but I think we'll still have some things planned in the spring. Um, you know, once marathon season picks up again and what well, we, we don't want to overwhelm ourselves. It's like, we'll need a little bit of a break and over the winter and holidays, it's not fun to travel and just can be complicated. And I don't, I, I think it'll be, people will be receptive in the spring when they get back in their fitness kicks and everything. Totally. Where, how did you decide where you were going to go for the tour? I don't know. It was kind of like just a mix of where we thought there would be a good reception. And then we were contacted by a variety of locations that wanted to host us and so it was a combo of requests and then where we wanted to go where we thought it would be very impactful and have mm -hmm. great access to runners and fitness enthusiasts and we're excited to go back to our alma mater so we're making a stop oh, in north carolina fun um, we'll be in charlotte which is where i grew up and then chapel hill right before we go to the new york city marathon which will be our big final event so will you be at the expo there yes yes do you do like an all day thing at the expo or do you kind of no. give yourself like, we'll be here two hours? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we will be doing a few events. We're doing a run with Nike early in the morning, like a shakeout run, like at 7am. 
and then we'll be doing an event with New York Roadrunners, and then we'll be at the Expo just for, like, an hour time slot. Oh. Expos can be very overwhelming. They're really overwhelming. Oh, so. dude, I know. When I run big marathons, I don't even want to go into the Expo. Like, they're so exhausting, and it's the same scene every time, really. Yeah. I, oh, I posted a picture on Instagram of, like, the book last week when I was, like, podcast uh, prepping, and um, a gal I know from Indiana said she did one of your meet-and-greet runs in Boston last year, and she was like, they're so nice, they're easy to talk to. <laughs> Good. Great. Yeah, that was yeah. before our book was even out. We yeah. We did a little run in Boston around the marathon, and it got great reception, and we had a blast. We It was crazy. It was like over 200 runners. 300. 300, yeah. And we and, had to close the it, – it sold out the first day that we posted about it. It was oh, so wow. crazy. I was so afraid someone was going to get, like, hurt, you know, trying to get down to the riverfront and everything. Running. Yeah. Like, we had – we didn't have the streets closed off, so we were running through traffic. Yeah. yeah. Stream of 300 people was a little crazy. So but is it's it like fun. the two of you running in front and, like, everybody just kind of, like, streaming behind Basically. you? I felt like yeah. we were, like, Forrest Gump, you know, that scene where yeah. they're, like, running all behind them. And we had a uh, Bart from Runner's World. He led oh. the bike. You know what? I forget what year it was. Oh, no. It wasn't a year I was running Boston. My husband was running. I was pregnant with my first son. Um, and we showed up at the, the runner's world, had a run like that. And I think Bart was, he's like the legend. Yeah. He's just like, everybody knows Bart. Um, and we went and did that run that day. And that year it was super hot, 2012. And I remember I was like seven months pregnant and everybody kept looking at me thinking, hopefully you're not running this marathon, you crazy lady. <laughs> and I wasn't. Yeah. Um, are you going back to Boston, Shalane? For what? Christmas? Uh, to run? <laughs> <laughs> um, I am not at liberty to, to say, <laughs> forecast my plans quite yet, so, but I'd love to get back there, yeah. for sure. I yeah. figured, um, and I figured you probably couldn't say, <laughs> but I thought I would ask. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have to ask one more, um, Ryan-specific question, and then I just have, I know we've got 45 minutes here, and I've just got some random fun questions. I always close up the podcast with just, like, random fun stuff so like pop culture stuff um oh i'm like i have no knowledge of pop culture well, hello well, your book is pop culture right now oh wait oh, how'd you get right? the it is how'd you um, get the cover? oh um they sent it to me Allie. at your, whoever your people are you, we don't even have a copy of the cover with the little new york times bestseller emblem yet you're lucky well i just got it last week so okay. maybe that's why it had already it's been out. Batch. We had to go through our old batch before the, they were going to send out the new one. They, oh. they just started to ship the version of the cover that has the, the New York Times logo. Well, if you if I could get you to sign it through the screen here, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know. I love it. It's, like, so so pretty. The pictures are so beautiful. I know you guys always look that glamorous and with totally, your like right now. <laughs> when you're cooking. <laughs> no, I wanted to ask you, so you ran Boston in 2014, and actually my husband is the one that is making me ask you this question. He's okay. like, well, you have to ask about Boston because she just went out so hard the entire race, and the only way I can think to, to describe it is, like, ballsy, okay? Yeah. And then at That's the end like of <laughs> yeah, um, and then at the end of the race, you say, you, this is the, a quote I read, I don't wish it were easier, an easier race, I just wish I were better, I'll be back until I win it. I just feel like you have so much, like, 
determination and you're not scared, you know? How do you um, run like that? Yeah. I always just, I don't know. I think a lot of people are like, whoa, you like share your goals. You let people know what you want. And I'm like, well, weren't you when you were a little kid, if you like, at least I did this, I would like write my goals like on my mirror or like write my goals on a piece of paper and hang it above my bed. And so me just verbalizing what I want doesn't mean I think it's easy or that I'm entitled to certain accolades or entitled to anything. Um, I just like the accountability. I like sharing what my goals are. And, you know, some people are like, oh, don't share it because then if you don't do it, then then you fail. And I'm like, that's not failing, sharing what you want to achieve. Um, and like I said, it doesn't mean I think it's easy. I think it's actually probably really hard. I mean, if you're achieving all your goals, you're probably not setting a high enough standard for yourself. Um, but, yeah, I mean – after 2013 and having participated in the marathon with um, the bombings and having a terrorist attack in my hometown, I couldn't believe I, I literally witnessed oh, a terrorist attack. That's always seems like such a foreign thing. Like that doesn't happen to you. You're not a part of that and, you know, and other parts of crazy parts of the world. And so it was such a personal marathon. I just wanted to show the strength of um, our nation, of my, of the running community um, of Boston. And I went and trained on that course month after month for about six months. I trained, went out, flew from Portland, Oregon, all the way back to Boston and trained on the course to prepare to try to win the Boston marathon. I thought it was the most poignant, most important race in my career out literally of any, any race over the Olympics, everything. And I just felt like that was the time and the place. If I was going to put all my energies into winning one race, that was the race. And I just wanted to show the strength of the United States. And I knew that I was going to be a representative that day. I was running not just for myself, but for our nation and for the world. And I felt like I had to run the most powerful race of my life. And so I trained to know that course so intimately that I knew every divot in the road and I ran my best possible race I possibly could. And, um, yeah, I didn't win, unfortunately. Um, and, but it still is probably my favorite race of my career. And I'm the fastest American woman to woman to have ever run on the Boston Marathon course, which, as we all know, is the most famous and longest-running marathon in the world. So it just says a lot. And it's a race I will forever hold really dear to my heart. And um, I have absolutely no regrets about the way I ran that day. That's so amazing. I love what you say. Like, put your goals out there. Because, yeah, they're going to be hard, and if you don't achieve them, that doesn't mean you failed. No. I love that. And I, I, I feel the same way. Like, I like to put my goals out there, too. And I feel like it holds you accountable when you're out there trying to do it, right? Exactly. And it makes other people excited for you. They, the people yeah. become interested, they want it for you. If you want it and you share it and people, other people become invested in what you're trying to achieve, and then you just create a bigger support system. Um, you know, I, I said one point, I wanted to try to get the American record in Berlin, and um, I didn't achieve it again. Um, you know, it looked like a failure, but, you know, it, I ended up being the second fastest American ever in, at the marathon. And so, yeah, sometimes you fall short, but it's so much more fun to go big. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, playing it safe all the time and always in your comfort zone. I don't feel like you really ever find out how good you can be if you're always just playing it safe. How do you keep yourself from letting the nerves eat you up? Like when you're standing on the line and you're like, I'm about to try to win the Boston Marathon. You know? <laughs> yeah, I can't lie. I've, I've had some really nerve-wracking moments. It's, like, hard to eat the morning of the race. I'm just literally trying to shovel food down in me knowing I need it. And, um, 
you know, I have moments of why do I do this to myself? You know, I get myself so nervous for this. And, um, but then I remind myself that I really love what I do. I really love testing myself and that it's fun to try to beat the best in the world. And so I try to just break it down to something really simple and not be overwhelmed by the moment. I'll, you know, a lot of times in the middle of the race, if I'm really, if I find myself getting nervous and anxiety or something, I'll just be like, you love this sport. I'll just, you're just displaying how much you love and all the hard work you've done. And I find that if I start running for other people and, um, motivated by other, other outside sources and running for something bigger than myself, I always step up to another level and the nerves kind of disappear. So good. I think that I was more nervous the night before the Rio Olympic marathon than Shalane was. I didn't sleep at all. Did you go? <laughs> and no, I was just nervous from my little hometown of Bend, Oregon. Oh. Uh, and I got up super early to like tune in and watch it. And then Shalane tells me she slept like straight through the night. Slept, had a That's great amazing. night of sleep the night before. I'm like, I did. Like, how do you sleep the night before a race? That's incredible. I've, I've had marathons where I haven't slept a wink, like at all. Um, but Rio, I slept like a baby. It was great. <laughs> I never sleep good the night before a marathon, so that's yeah. amazing that you did that. <laughs> and yeah. I not, and you never it never seems to affect you when you're actually running, right? Like no, yeah. I mean, it's like you have so much adrenaline; it takes over, and then afterwards, I crash. I, I'll be exhausted for like a week after a marathon, but it's amazing what the body can do. You're you're more capable and can have more reserves and more stores in you than you probably imagine possible. Wow, I really just want to soak up everything that Shalane just said in that last bit of the conversation. I love what she said. If you're achieving all of your goals, you're probably not setting a high enough standard for yourself. That is so, so true, right? Hey, before we continue the conversation and the girls get to some fun stuff, I want to thank Ann Better from MHS for sponsoring this episode. Ann Better from MHS is more than just a health insurance company. They love to help your family stay healthy, and that's their top priority. They offer members My Health Pays program, which is rewards for keeping up with your health. So you get rewards for going to the gym and working out and staying active and healthy. That is awesome. I hope that if you are local to the Indianapolis area or close by, you will come out and run with me, my family, and about 20,000 other people who are out pounding the pavement to help those overcoming homelessness here in Indianapolis. Go to drumstick-.org to get signed up for the race. So a um, couple fun questions, and I'll let you girls get going. I know you probably have a busy schedule today. What's, I always ask, what's hot in your life right now? Like, what are you loving that you would love to share, other than your cookbook, of course, with our listeners? What are we into right now? Um, you mean, like, materialistic or Anything. It can food be, it can be food, apparel, um, a, a new book that you've discovered, uh, an app on your phone. We're so boring. I know. What about our gem? Oh, yeah. Gem butters. <laughs> We're, we're obsessed with this local nut butter company in Bend, Oregon. So Gem Nut Butters. Okay, that's good. They make, they stone grind the nut butter, so it's really, really fine. My two-year-old is goes crazy over it, but they use, they, um, they have these amazing flavors like cashew cardamom, and my favorite is the cinnamon maca. So um, we are excited because they're giving all of our fans um, $10 off their first order with our little code um run fast eat slow is a code oh, so cute. yeah so it's a great company it's a little small family-run company out of bend oregon they're just doing they're really committed to sourcing like the highest quality ingredients for their nut butters so do so they ship uh, yeah they ship so they, their website is um gem organics okay okay and they're and they're um the code is 
to get $10 off is run fast, eat slow. Okay. So we had some before our run and it's really easy to digest because it's so finely ground. It's like she was explaining to me the owner is a nutritionist and it's like they grind it to like micro ions or something. So it's mm. really it's, it's so good. delicious. Yeah, it's, it's, addic- so it's good. addicting. It is. <laughs> well, yeah. I will definitely put that in the show notes and put the link and your your code to get the $10 off. Run fast, eat slow. That's easy to remember, right? Uh-huh. Um, beer or wine? Beer, for sure. <laughs> what kind? We are from Oregon. We are obsessed with local Oregon microbreweries that make good IPAs. My favorite is actually out of Bend. It's called Boneyard, and mm. it is phenomenal. So good. See, that's something that you're into right now because you're not tra- yeah. seriously training, yeah. right? Yeah, it's over the summer. When we IPAs. go to get, Plain and I go to like a nice restaurant for dinner when we're traveling, and we have we always share a beer together. Like we're not. I like I like wine too, especially as the weather's getting colder. But uh-huh. in the summertime, it's like only beer. She's like my only friend that likes a good beer. I was just oh. telling her that as we were running on the waterfront. I was like, you're my really only good friend that likes a beer, and I was like, I really appreciate that about you. <laughs> I am envious of that. I have two more weeks, and I can, I can, maybe I can find a, a boneyard beer. <laughs> morning or night person? Morning. Yeah. What? How early do you get up on the regular? Uh, I mean, probably six, like to six thirty, anywhere in there. Is that uh, just your natural clock? Yeah, pretty much. As soon as I can feel any sunlight, like I am up. Mm-hmm. But I was just seeing her in this hotel room this morning, and it we had the drapes closed, and it was like our alarm felt like evil this morning because we just couldn't sense any light outside and I was like mm. I probably keep sleeping and, and, and we're on west coast time so yeah oh. 6.30 felt like 4.30 this yeah. morning <laughs> do you have a best most recent book that you've read yes right here what is it oh yeah oh it's Phil Knight's Shoe Dog we both actually just read it what's it it's, about it's about Phil Knight's journey on how you he basically created Nike. And, um, oh, gosh. Okay. It has so many nuggets of gold and just perseverance and just, you know, it's not easy building. Um, here, I don't know if you can see it. It's I do. I have so many great quotes from the, in this book that it just inspire me. And um, Elise is reading it right now, but she got her husband to read it. And, um, but it's a memoir about, you know, Phil Knight, the creator of Nike. So, okay, that should be on my list then. Do you guys do these bullet journals? No, what's that? Well, I don't even really know, but people keep talking about them. It's like a, it's a way to, like, organize your life and, like, your tasks. And I don't know. It's like the new hot thing. Google it. I need that. Yeah. <laughs> I've never found a good app for, like, to-do lists. But as a mom, like, I need, I need to, like, sit down every morning and make a to-do list. Yeah. I, I don't know much about it, but people keep talking about it. I mean, I've interviewed, like, four different girls that are, like, obsessed with bullet journals and I keep seeing things pop up I think you kind of self-create them which is a little bit of a turnoff for me because I kind of want the work done and then I just but I asked because you I don't know for some reason you seemed like you guys might be into that (laughs) no I'm 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 old school I do a pen and paper right Uh now (laughs) um any shows you're into right now I don't even know how to to work for TV I I do more like Netflix and stuff like that um I need some good shows. You I think I watched was Stranger Things, oh, uh-huh. something like that. That's what I got into. Yeah. So we don't watch TV. We're just coming off the summer and in Bend, like we spend every night outside on the back patio, and just like the weather's been amazing. So I haven't watched TV since like last winter. We've been watching some political debates. Oh, oh God. Like, I, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait for those debates to be over. <laughs> 
I know. I swore I wasn't going to watch him, and then I found myself, like, I I was on Facebook, like, laying in bed, and I found myself live streaming from some random news channel. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Why am I even watching this? (laughs) (laughs) Well, ladies, thank you so much for spending time with me today, and congratulations on everything. Thank Thank you. Um, Have fun in Chicago. Yeah. Thank you. Good luck with your... Good luck with your third baby, and oh, I hope that you yeah. have some friends that are going to cook some recipes from our book for you. When you I will have hand more. them the book. I'll be like, I want something yeah. from this, for sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. Perfect. All right. Thanks. See you, ladies. Thank, yeah. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you. Bye. Bye. Okay, everybody. That wraps up episode 33. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, if you are affiliated with a small business or company organization that would like to partner with I'll Have Another send me an email, lindsay at lindsayhine.com. I've got some opportunities opening up here in the next couple months. And with Christmas right around the corner, it would be a great time to speak to this awesome audience that I get to talk to every single week. You guys, I have some really great episodes lined up in the next couple weeks. I've backloaded some interviews so that when I have this baby, who is actually due in six days, which is crazy, do you have conversations to listen to and I can have some time to figure out how I'm going to do life with three little boys, four and under. Make sure you're following me on Twitter, at Lindsay Hine, and Instagram, lindsayhine626, and you'll be updated when this baby comes. If you haven't checked out Shalane and Elsie's cookbook yet, go to runfasteatslow.com for more information. You can order a book on Amazon. I'll put a link up on the show notes. And I just want to say a big thank you to PrepDish for sponsoring this episode. Go to prepdish.com slash another Use promo code ANOTHER, all caps, to get your free two-week trial. Also, thank you to MHS of Indiana for sponsoring this episode and for supporting the Drumstick Dash. Go to drumstickdash.org to get registered for the race. Have a great weekend, guys. I will see you and talk to you next Friday.